Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. I want to congratulate you on the eighth anniversary of your show. I think this really continues to be a rich source of information and support for the CHD community. And I am always happy to continue to help any way that I can to support you. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna. I am Anna Jaworski and a heart mom. My son Alexander was born with a congenital heart defect, which has required three open heart surgeries. He is the reason I'm the host of your program. Last week, I talked with a room full of people who have helped Heart to Heart with Anna on its eight-year-long journey. But when I announced I was doing that program, I had such an outpouring of love. I ended up doing four recordings with people from all over the world. It was too much for just one episode. Therefore, today's episode is part two of our eighth anniversary special. I have another legion of volunteers, medical advisory board members, and patrons here to share their experiences and advice with us. It has been most humbling to be the host of this program and to give people a platform to share their stories, for professionals to share their expertise, and for all of us to come together to learn from one another. As happy as I am to talk with all of these amazing people, I would be remiss to talk about our history without mentioning a dear friend of mine who I would have loved to have had here with us today. David Franco was an important part of our program for many years. I feel his presence quite strongly at times, but I miss our everyday talks and how he did so much to help me for about five years of this podcast. As many wonderful voices have been heard last week, and you'll hear more today, There were also some volunteers who were unable to make one of the recording times. I want all of you to know that I greatly appreciate you and everything you have done over the years. We have an incredible group of people here with us today. So let's start this episode by talking with some of our Hearts Unite the Globe, or HUG for short, volunteers. I'd like to start today's episode with you, Kathy Ware. What motivated you to join Hearts Unite the Globe, and how long have you been involved? I would say I've been involved maybe three to four years, and the reason is I just want to give hope. I love that. So for those of you who don't know the lovely Kathy Ware, she has been a guest, and she is a heart warrior. Would you tell all of my listeners what your heart defect is, Kathy? I was born with tricuspid atresia in the mid-70s. I did not get the normal surgeries for the first two surgeries. I finally started getting the correct surgeries when I was 15, but unfortunately, the first surgery ruined my chances for the Fontan. So I stopped with a single directional glen in 1989, 32 years ago, and I'm still going. 
And that's what I love about your story. You are such an inspiration. And some people aren't a candidate for the Fontian, but you are a prime example of how somebody can lead a very full life, even without having that final surgery. So thank you so much for everything that you have done, Kathy. Chris, you are a more recent volunteer than Kathy was. So can you tell us when you joined and what motivated you to join Hearts Unite the Globe? I don't really know when I joined, but I am a heart warrior myself, and I love helping out the heart community. Chris always has so much enthusiasm. Whenever I tell him that a new show is coming up, he's so happy to put the information out there for other people to see, and I really appreciate that about you, Chris. Thank you. One of the other things I love about you is how you're so good at listening to what people have to say and trying to really be there as a friend for them. Yes, ma'am. Well, thanks for coming on the program today, Chris. You're welcome. Now we're going all the way to Jerusalem to talk to Rachel Greenbaum. What do you do as a hug volunteer and what have you learned through volunteering with Hearts Unite the Globe, Rachel? Hi, Anna. Well, I've helped Michael Lieb and I interviewed his kids. And I'm not a heart warrior myself, but I watched him with his daughter for years and I wanted to be around to help. So I was a guest host in Hebrew. I think it might have been your only show in Hebrew. Yes. And then I translated it. It was so awesome. I know. I got a chance to interview Michael Lieben's children because of you Mm -hmm. in their own language. They did the interview with me in English, but they were very nervous about speaking in English to me. And when they started talking, I know. See, I thought they were great. But when they started talking to you, Rachel, they completely opened up, didn't they? They did. It was a lot easier for them. I'm willing to do some more translations if you need them. I think Um, that's awesome. It's my kind of thing. I was also interviewed for the podcast about my father. And it had occurred to me as we're talking here that the important thing is there's something in all of these accounts, everybody's accounts of what's going on with them. That might be what's keeping your podcast going. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the fact that we spawned several other podcasts from Heart to Heart with Anna, Heart to Heart Mm -hmm. with Michael is one that came from Heart to Heart with Anna after I had Michael on my show and I knew that we needed a podcast for the bereaved community. And yes, you Mm -hmm. did an episode with Michael talking about having lost your dad. And you're right, we all have stories to share. And I do think that that has encouraged me to keep going with my podcast because there are so many stories out there. So thank you so much for what you have done, Rachel. And it was very exciting to me to have my first show in Hebrew. So thank you very much for doing that. Marta, all the way from Puerto Rico, welcome. And tell us what you do as a hug volunteer and what you've learned through being a volunteer. Oh, hi, Anna. I am a co-host of Guerreros del Corazón podcast, the Spanish version of your program, Heart to Heart with Anna. And it's for almost a year. I have learned that carrying out this type of mission takes a lot of love for what you are doing. Mm, yeah. Finding a way for other people to learn about congenital heart disease in worse much more than informing is having empathy and trying to find solutions. 
That is and so the, perfect. Yes. Yeah, that's what I learned. Yes. Yes. This is something that Marta and I tried to do for three years. And we had interruptions of a hurricane, the loss of internet. But Marta loves the heart defect community so much that we stuck with it, didn't we, Marta? Yes. It hasn't been easy, but it has been so worth it. And I'm really, really excited that you're here today. But I'm also really excited we are coming upon a conclusion of your first year with Guerreros of Corazon. I couldn't be more proud of you, Marta. Thank you. Deb Garretts, I am so happy that you are joining us today. You've been a HUG volunteer for a while. Can you tell us what you do at HUG and what you've learned through volunteering with us? Sure. I'm glad to be part of this. I edit the podcasts. So one thing I've learned are some additional technical skills that I didn't have before. But also I learned that when you edit the podcast, you get to be one of the first people who hears it. And (laughs) there are so many great stories out there. You already talked about this earlier, but so many great stories out there. And it's so inspirational hearing some of them. And I've also learned that this community, this heart community is so big, so much bigger than any of us realize. And I would have liked to have known more of this community. I'm a heart mom. So when my son was born almost 20 years ago, it would have been nice to have some of these same people (laughs) kind of whispering in my ear, talking me through all the scary years that we had at the beginning. And then later in his life when he had a heart transplant. So yeah, it's nice to know that there are so many people who go through so many of the same things. I'm glad to be able to share our story at time, but also help get some of those other stories out on the air. Yes. And by editing, what Deb means is she's been a sound engineer, which sounds really scary, but it's not really that bad doing the sound engineering, is it? Oh, no, no, no. And I had worked with the program before. So I knew a little bit about it, but yeah, I learned a lot more about it working on these and it's not hard. It's really not. And since the last time you edited a show, we've been using another new program called Descript that makes it even easier. So I'm going to have to teach you about that soon when you have time to work with us again. Yes. Yeah, I know. I've been away for a little bit, but almost ready to come back. Great. Well, I will welcome you back with open arms. It's always fun to work with you, Deb. Thank you so much for coming on the program today. Thank you. Lisa Coville, you are next, my dear. What has been your greatest joy or most heartfelt moment whilst volunteering? Hi, Anna. Hi, sweetie. Okay, well, my favorite and most memorable moment is being able to share my story and to help others be able to know that it's okay to share their story as well. I love that. What maybe not all of you know is that Lisa is from the Vietnamese community, and that community has some cultural biases against sharing personal information like what we share on Heart to Heart with Anna. And so she's kind of broken the rules to come on the program and share with us, but she's doing so much more than that. Do you want to share a little bit about what you've been doing since you've been on the program? Wow. I actually feel that thanks to you, Anna, I have grown a lot in the social media era where I can blog better now. And first I started as the social media. So I would post your shows, which I love. 
then thank you for upgrading me. So now I'm the new volunteer coordinator, which I love because I can reach out to everyone, talk to them, make sure they're doing okay, and then to make sure that they stay on their task so that our show keeps running smoothly for all the other heart warriors out there, for the community, so that every time a show comes out, they will listen and they will actually take what they know or heard and go out there and help someone else. And that's all I want for the show, for the program, and for HUG is to grow for the community and maybe spread into different countries. I love it. And we're planning on doing a Vietnamese show. It hasn't happened yet, but we know that all good things take time. Right, Lisa? Yes, Anna. Yes, Anna. And also, <laughs> I came to you also to start doing that. And then somehow, whirlwind, we got to different projects. I know. I know. But it has been awesome. And I think it's all been God-driven. There's a reason for everything that has happened with us. Yes. Thank you so much, Lisa, for everything. You're welcome, you Anna. Brenda, Brenda Vignaroli, you are probably the oldest friend I have right now. I'm trying not to get teary-eyed. I just love you so much as a friend. So would you share your greatest joy in working with us? And I have to thank you so much for being with me from the very beginning. Well, just being with everybody right here right now is enough to make me want to cry too, because every one of these names and people are known because I've added their names to the website. That's what I do. I do the website. It's been a pleasure and getting to know all of the parents and the doctors it's just great watching the kids grow older because, Anna, you and I have been doing this together since the 90s, the late 90s. I almost don't want to say it, but that's I know, it's quite making some me time. feel old, Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> we were both searching for answers and things during that time. And we have found out so much. And I wish I would have had all of the information that we're able to give everybody out there right now. I remember the days of sitting on the floor in the library at UCLA and looking for answers, and there wasn't very much on the hypoplastic left heart. But my daughter, Jessica, is 36. She just turned 36. Amazing. And she's doing great. And at any rate, everybody is so inspiring. And to have the special bond, we're a special family. I feel that way with all of us. And we all understand what each other have been through. And it's been a long walk. <laughs> and a long road, but we have found a certain strength and know how to use it and help others. And I think that's the best that we can do. Yeah. It's been. Yeah, it really, really has. And gosh, I can't believe she's 36. That really makes me feel old. I can't believe it. Either. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so old. <laughs> well, Brenda, you were with me before I started the podcast. You have been helping even longer than that. You started yeah. with HUG when we were just providing free material on the internet. Yeah. So I really appreciate everything you've done to help we just us. To know, we were just getting to know what the internet was all about at that time. It, it's, yeah. it's amazing how far we've been able to come with all of this. And it really it's is. It's very inspiring. It has. I love hearing all the different stories. It makes me feel like there is hope. Like what Marta was saying, she wants to provide hope to people. And that is what all of these different stories do. Right. Thank you so much, Brenda, for everything you do. Folks, you do owe Brenda a debt of thanks because she's the one who put your pictures up there. 
she makes everybody look good and she makes everybody I can put all the faces with the names. It's great to see everybody here today. And it's been pretty awesome. Lisa, you've been a big help. Thank you so much. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Next, I'd like to talk with Belen Blanton. She is an amazing heart warrior, and I've really enjoyed working with her and getting to know her. You have not been working with us very long, but it is amazing everything that you have done since you started helping us. So why don't you tell us what your greatest joy or most heartfelt moment has been since you've been a volunteer? Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for, you know, letting me do this. I just love that I have learned so many things and I just feel very happy that I'm able to help other people and for them to open their heart and let them show to people that you're born with a heart defect, but you're still a person and you're still a normal person. I was born with tricuspid tracia and I don't have any surgeries. The only thing that I have is the shunt and I'm still here with Eisenmenger, with pulmonary hypertension, all the good stuff, but I'm still hanging around here. And I have learned so many things from you. And now that I started to work in my own foundation, because people to know that all over the world, CHD is all over the world, Mm -hmm. not just America. There are other kids in other countries that they don't have any kind of opportunities. And that's what we're trying to do with the foundation that I have and you have helped me a lot and I really appreciate it and I just working with you and we call Anna Jamie Summers (laughs) because the bionic woman (laughs) because she can hear everything every little thing she will make you repeat so, I want your uh, show to sound as great as I know you are, Belen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but thank you very much. And I love it. And for the CHD community, I don't see myself being without CHD anymore because I just love it. I think it's great. We are a great community. So We are a great community. And Belen works with Marta as one of the co-hosts for Guerreros de Corazon. And they also work with Jennifer Aguina. And they have done 10 episodes. They're getting ready to do the last episode because they started during Heart Month this year. So I'm super proud of you, ladies. It's definitely been a labor of love, just like Marta said. This is not something that anybody would do unless they really loved what they were doing and loved the community that they're serving. Yeah, and it's been tough, too, because the Internet in other countries are not that good. Mm -hmm. So it takes time. It does. We love it. And you guys are doing a great job. I'm so excited to see how you have brought so many different people from the community into your program. And now we have a dedicated Spanish program for the congenital heart defect community. So thank you so much for everything you do, Belen. As a matter of fact, the last thing that I wanted to say in our webpage for the foundation, you can hear Guerrero del Corazón is there. So everybody that visits our page, they can hear every program. That's awesome. That is awesome. And Brenda has done that on our website as well. You don't even have to leave the website. So there are places all over the internet now, as well as the typical Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all of those typical platforms, but also on our website. That is amazing. 
Great job, Belen. Sajidi Nair is here with us today. She is a heart mom from India, and she has been a guest on Heart to Heart with Anna. Can you tell me what you do as a HUG volunteer and what you have learned through volunteering with HUG? Hi, Anna. It has been like a year now that we did our podcast. And you are a real inspiration, I must say, because just the part that you showed, which made me feel like, yeah, I can do this too. And though we started as a very small group, now we are growing and we are trying to reach people who can really bring about a huge change in the life of the congenital heart defect children as well as the young adults. Mostly what I have found is that though there is pretty a lot of facilities available for treatments in India for the CHD kids, when it comes to the youth, not much is there. Mm-hmm. So that is where we people are focusing now. There are many people, many organizations who are trying really hard to do everything possible for the CHD kids. For the CHD youth, nothing much is there. So we are focusing on that. And it's been really great to be part of the team as a hug volunteer because we learn so much from everyone around us and even the doctors, then people in the medical field and the parents of these kids and the young adults as well. They all combine together to make this thing happen. They're pushing this agenda forward and sooner or later, we hope that the government really recognizes the need for immediate care for social security system wherein the problems of these kids and the young adults are actually addressed. So it's great being a hug volunteer. I love having you as a hug volunteer. And we are really hoping to do a show in a foreign language. So that will be exciting when we do that. We were trying to put together a show in Hindi. It hasn't happened yet, but I think that would be an awesome thing for us to have happen in 2022, don't you? Yeah, it would be really amazing because most of the North Indian population can be connected in a better way if it is in Hindi because they can follow it so nicely and no matter what their mother tongue is, whether it is Gujarati or Marathi or whatever, usually they all are well-versed in Hindi. So it would reach, the program would have a further reach if we use Hindi, I mean the national language of India. Yeah, it would be really good. That would be so amazing. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The opinions expressed in the podcast are not those of Hearts Unite the Globe, but of the hosts and guests, and are intended to spark discussion about issues pertaining to congenital heart disease or bereavement. You are listening to Heart to Heart with Anna. If you have a question or comment that you would like addressed on our show, please send an email to Anna Jaworski at Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. That's Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. Now, back to Heart to Heart with Anna. Now I'm going to talk to some of the people in our medical advisory board. This is something I dreamed about doing for years, but it seemed to take me a long time to build up the courage to ask all of these super busy people to help out Hearts Unite the Globe. And I'm thrilled to talk to several of the people today who have stepped up and are helping us out. So I'm going to start with Dr. Lynn, who I've had the pleasure of meeting in person since he is right here in Texas. And I'm wondering, Dr. Lynn, what prompted you to be part of the Medical Advisory Board? Well, really, it's actually an incredible honor. I think one of the amazing things when I get a chance to be on a discussion like this is just the incredible warmth 
and the incredible joy and the incredible energy that comes from a group like this. And of course, my partner, Dr. Valeria Duarte, and I always talk about how we love what we do for our work because we're so inspired by the power of the patients that we take care of, or we have the privilege to participate in their lives. And the same thing goes with all the people here on this call today. I mean, it's just an incredible, incredible outpouring. And I think the opportunity to be a part of that and the opportunity to take a role in this and actually participate is just an incredible privilege. So when you first mentioned starting this medical advisory board, in fact, actually, I would think that we're getting advice from you guys more than the other way around. But I think when you first mentioned that, I had to leap for this because any opportunity that we as medical providers get a chance to participate in something like this is just an incredible privilege. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you for saying that. I'm so honored to have you here in this podcast, but also behind the scenes helping out in other ways. But next, I'd like to welcome Dr. Fred Wu who I've also had the pleasure of meeting, even though he's all the way in Boston. And I'm wondering what prompted you to be part of our medical advisory board, Dr. Wu? Yeah, I hope we get a chance to meet again soon. It's been a few years, I think, since we were in the same place at the same time. It has been. But you know, I would never say no to you, Anna. But in, (laughs) in addition to that, I have to say that professionally, I get so much inspiration from patients and their family members. And that's why I really never turned down an opportunity to be able to meet and interface with you all, especially when you're doing such really important work to provide support for people whose lives are affected by congenital heart disease, whether you're living with it yourself, or if it's a loved one, and to advocate for people with congenital heart defects and promote awareness of CHD. So I agree with Huey, this really is an honor to even be asked to work with you. I get the most, I think, satisfaction in my job from working directly with people with congenital heart disease, especially people who are really fighting the good fight and getting out there and making sure people know that congenital heart disease is something that we really should focus on and give more resources to. So I want to congratulate you on the eighth anniversary of your show. I think this really continues to be a rich source of information and support for the CHD community. And I am always happy to continue to help any way that I can to support you. Well, thank you so much. I I'm amazed at how our program together on the liver in Fontan patients happens to be my number one show of all times. And I really wondered how many people would listen to such a specific show, but that show has been listened to on every continent. Can you believe that? I think you've done a great job of identifying things that people have questions and concerns about. I think it's a testament to the broad source of information that you're putting out there. Well, thank you. And Dina Barber, (laughs) I've also met you. Not in Boston, Mm -hmm. though. Where did we meet first? Orlando? Orlando, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So Dina Barber is also a member of our medical advisory board. Can you tell me what prompted you to join the board? Well, I've been a little hesitant and I really didn't know if it was the right fit for me. There's a lot of organizations for the community for congenital heart disease. And there's a lot of different places that you can take your time and your energy. But I always find myself coming back to this organization, coming back to your podcasts. I feel like you speak clearly, not just people in the United States, but across the globe. And I think, unfortunately, as I get a little older, I start to realize that there 
are many patients and many people in our own country that still need to have that care, but there are so many people across the country that receive care that is above and beyond what the rest of the world may have access to. Mm -hmm. And I think some of that drew me. And also as a nurse, I so admire Dr. Lin and Dr. Wu and all of the other cardiologists and pediatric and adult congenital that take care of patients. But I also think there's another level of care that patients receive, and that's the nursing care they receive. And I, Mm -hmm. I wanted to do this to help patients, but I also wanted to do it to encourage people that are nurses nurse practitioners to reach out to organizations and to share their expertise and share their love and their passion for this patient population. And that's why I wanted you on this board. I was so drawn (laughs) to your passion for helping people at all ages and stages and how compassionate you were to the parents. It wasn't just the patients, but it was the whole family. And that really meant a lot to me, being the mother of a son with a heart defect. So thank you for everything you have done, Dina. And thank you. Okay, well, I'm not letting the medical advisory board off the hook with just one question, because that was a really teeny tiny question. So they each get one more little question. As experts in the field of cardiology, I'm wondering, what can the CHD community members do to make sure that they get the information that they need? Because now we're seeing so much information online, and some of it's not accurate. So what can we do to get reliable and accurate information? And Dr. Fred Wu, I'd like to start with you on Yeah, that's not an easy question to answer. I think it's It's easy for us to just tell patients not to Google stuff, but in this day and age, how can you really expect people not to do that, right? So personally, I fully support patients and parents being proactive and inquisitive about their condition and their healthcare and doing their own research. But I think it's really important for everyone to feel comfortable speaking openly to their heart care team if they read or they hear something that is concerning to them. Mm-hmm. Personally, I try to avoid being judgmental when patients ask me questions on the phone or during clinic visits. I try to be really careful not to make people feel foolish about asking questions because mm-hmm. honestly, if it's really hard when you don't have a medical background and you're being bombarded by all this information, especially mm-hmm. at a time like this when platforms like Facebook and Twitter can so easily amplify information that's inaccurate or just out and out misleading. And I think, again, that's why it's so important for people to have resources like your podcast, where they can know that you are working together with CHD professionals and having information vetted. There's also other sources like the Adult Congenital Heart Association Mm -hmm. and Sisters by Heart and so forth. All these communities where there is sort of cooperation between both patients and families and their medical professionals. So it's important to get that good information out there. And I think you've done a really important part of supplying that service to the community. Thank you. That was a really thoughtful answer. And you're so right. There is a lot of amplification of sometimes good information, sometimes not good information. And it does help when we have doctors like you, who we feel open talking to and that you're not going to belittle us. Because when you don't have a medical background, like me, I was a teacher of the deaf and hard of hearing. We kind of assumed the heart was okay. We were focused on the ears and (laughs) it's a totally different world. And it is very intimidating. I would echo what Dr. Wu had to say. There's a lot of information out there. When I go to do an article or do a publication or work on a project and I have to look for references, even with my many years in congenital heart disease, I can get easily confused and I can't fathom how hard it has to be for families, patients to try to look through all of that information. 
And I always try to tell our patients, so there's no bad question. The only mm-hmm. bad question, of course, is the one you don't ask. And, and we try to use phone and my chart and clinic visits and ask your question. We'll help you find the information. We provide some safe sites, some of the same ones that Dr. Wu had commented on, so that patients can reach out and they can go looking for information. And I think the other important thing I like to ask patients is, why are you looking for that particular information? I seem to have a really large amount of patients recently, Fontan patients, who are Googling life expectancy. And Mm. most of the time, they're horrified. They're coming across some really scary information. Congenital heart disease is not just one thing, as we all know. And you can find pretty much anything that you want to find out. So I try to take the time to tell me, why are you looking for what you're looking for? What is it you're actually asking? How can we guide you to the right places so you can find the information. And more importantly, maybe we need to have that conversation so that you get information about you in particular, not in general. Mm-hmm. So I think it's probably my favorite part of my job. I love to talk to my patients. If you take the time to sit down or on the phone via my chart, you can really get through a lot of questions quickly when it's one-on-one. So even providing that extra layer of Talking to patients in person or via my chart, et cetera, is good. But then we also have a list of things like Dr. Wu said, Sisters by Heart, Conquering mm-hmm. CHD, Adult Congenital that people can turn to. Mm-hmm. I love that. And when you and I were talking just this last week, we were saying how this is a real concern. Well, it's a huge concern because, again, I tell my patients, you can find anything out on the internet you want. If you want to know that you're going to live till you're 100, you eventually can find somebody that will tell you that. If you want to hear that you'll never need another surgery, you can find that. You can find horror stories about bad things that have happened. And there is so much information as well as misinformation. And if I can struggle my own self trying to find reliable sources, it has to be really hard for patients and families. Right, right. Dr. Lynn, I feel like we got such thorough explanations from both Dr. Wu and Dina Barber, that it's kind of hard to follow that up. But I have a feeling that you have something that you can add to that. Yeah, this has been a real struggle for us as well. And I think the interesting thing about it is oftentimes we physicians and healthcare providers will launch into a lecture in the office when we meet our patients because we think we know what they need to hear. But we're often identifying sometimes is that what we talk about is not necessarily what the patient actually needs to hear. And so we started recently a program called Patient-Centered Education. And the idea is that instead of us deciding what the patient needs to hear, which of course sometimes is right and often is probably right, maybe there's an element of it that we're not getting. And so over the last six months, we started an educational advisory board here. One of our strengths at our institution is that we have a lot of investment in cardiovascular education, but what we don't do so well is cardiovascular education for patients. And obviously doing cardiovascular education for patients with congenital heart disease is a whole different ballgame and adds a whole nother layer of complexity, but really is a niche that we think we can really do very well. So we've started inviting not only providers like Dr. Wu and other experts in the field to come join us for shows, not only during the symposium, but also routinely throughout the course to Bakey CV Live. But also we've recognized that, (laughs) funny enough, most of our patients actually have longer experience in congenital heart disease, in other words, a lifetime of experience in congenital heart disease than most of us professionals do. And so we found that we can actually really leverage the power and the knowledge of many of our patients to teach us more about the types of topics that other patients want to hear about. So what we've tried to do, and you've seen this because you've been part of this as well, 
is that we've tried to have shows that are centered on patient-centered educational topics in congenital heart disease, bringing patients as educators, as well as bringing with some of our more knowledgeable friends in the community in congenital heart disease from other institutions to join us. Because obviously, we don't have all the answers. And it helps when we have some smarter people and really brilliant people in the field come and join us on the show. Yeah, so I love that's that. Not you the- do a great job of pulling people from all over the world to come into your studio with you. It's been amazing. Of course, this isn't the only way to do it. This is just the one contribution that we can provide. I think there are many, many other ways to do this as well. And I would agree with all the organizations that have mentioned so far. The only other thing that I would add is I think I'm really excited about some of the folks in the field that are starting to become board certified patient advocates. A couple of years ago, we had a really fun little brainstorming session at the ACC Heart House with the Congenital Heart Public Health Consortium and the ACHA, and we broke up into little think tank groups. And our think tank group came up with the idea that ACHD patients need moms. In other words, the idea that we can't really bring our moms anymore to the visits like we used to when we were kids, but we really need somebody to advocate for us and to be a second pair of ears in the room and to help us to understand what's happening and to help to counsel us and talk through the next steps when we go through things like this. And so there are a couple of organizations, or at least one that I know of called Team Uncle Joe, run by Joe Valenti and his colleagues, that really help to be there with the patients and just serve as a peer mentor from that standpoint. And I think that those organizations are growing. I think there's some of that happening with the Zipper Sisters as well. So I think some of that peer mentorship, again, really harnessing the expertise that our patients actually have from a lifetime of experience in congenital heart disease can really help other patients do even better going forward. Absolutely. It's amazing to me listening to you speak and Dean and Barbara speak and Dr. Wu speak. The last five to 10 years, the entire realm of pediatric cardiology has done a tremendous metamorphosis, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's because of the caring professionals like you and also because of the advocates who have stepped forward. The internet has kind of leveled the playing ground for that. You don't have to physically travel someplace to be an advocate. You can do it online. And that's made it a lot easier for people. Plus, we can find each other. It was so much harder before. Belen, didn't you tell me before you were in your 30s or 40s before you met somebody who had a heart defect like you? Yes, it was in the Chicago conference. I used to go to the pediatrician, so they were all kids. Mm -hmm. So when I went to the first conference and I started to see all these people, I'm like, wow, I'm not the only weird one. (laughs) Because (laughs) because a lot of people look at you because your lips are purple, your hands are purple. So you don't see that, but it's not that common. But that's why I say this is what I want to do. So, mm-hmm. Well, I think it's because of people like you, Belen, parents like Brenda and other heart warriors, but definitely the professionals as well, all of us working together. And that's one of the things that Dina and I were talking about, too, how we really have become more family-centered caring and not just where the professionals are telling us what to do, but it's the entire family that's working together. And that has been a great joy for me to see that major change in the care of people with congenital heart disease. 
We also have Rosalind Rivera, and she has also been a guest on my program, but she is also a member of the Medical Advisory Board. Have you noticed that in the years that you've been a nurse? Yes, I think probably around the time when I first started nursing, family-centered care, that phrase was definitely just starting to make a boom into the medical community. And I've always been in pediatrics, so I've always had families at the bedside. I wasn't treating just an older adult. It was their whole family, child, whole family. So I do definitely think that that has changed over the years for the better, really. And of course, and it was just a great way to think about how even new doctors or new nurses treat their patients. It's a mutual respect really to kind of include the whole family. That's because the child is going to heal and recover and develop and grow with their whole family by their side. Right, right, exactly. So it does make sense to make the parents feel like they are part of the team. You talking through that reminds me of some of the medical trips I've been on in developing countries where, you know, yes, in the U.S., it's definitely we have now like reclining beds in the rooms in the ICU for parents to stay because we do want them there. And we understand now the benefit of having parents there. But in some of the other countries I've been to, that wasn't the case initially. So not only did my team bring medicine and the ability to have these heart surgeries, we also brought some of our practices that included family-centered care, mm-hmm. encouraging parents to be there, which was something new to the hospitals that we were working in and recognizing when sometimes it really was beneficial for the parents to be there. And it sort of changed their whole practice in a really positive way. Wow. I love that story. Mm-hmm. I don't think you've ever told me that before, Rosalind. Yeah. It's something I just thought of right now. I remembered. And now you're a medical advisory board member. So let's talk about that. What do you hope to achieve from being a part of the Hearts Unite the Globe Medical Advisory Board? As I've said, I've been a pediatric cardiac nurse for over 16 years now. I think that my experience in pediatric cardiology has really developed from me working in so many different places. Not only have I worked all over the world. I've worked all over the United States as well. I was a travel nurse for seven years in just the United States and worked at probably 15 or 16 different children's hospitals, gaining new knowledge and experience and learning just different ways of treating Mm -hmm. these children and families and culture. and, And then from all over the world, really having that experience working in locations that don't have all the supplies that we typically do in the United States and being able to still provide excellent quality and compassionate care for these children. I think bringing all of my experience together and my expertise uh, will really be able to enhance the Hearts Unites the Globe community, providing more specific, more up-to-date medical information that I've gathered throughout my experience. And now with my career being at UCLA, it's definitely a research-focused hospital. And therefore, I feel like being able to provide more evidence-based medicine and treatments for children and adults with CHD will really benefit the HUG community. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love the fact that I can reach out to all of you who are part of the medical advisory board and you do come at it from so many different vantage points. I think that's been a real boon to the nonprofit. Yeah, for sure. I think 
having so many brains working together definitely enhances the whole. I think so too. So what exactly prompted you to be part of the Medical Advisory Board? What I love about Hearts Unite the Globe is that it really offers a unique community and outreach through these podcasts. I think these podcasts are really just a special way for CHD patients and families to be able to listen to others that are just like them, personally explaining their stories, hearing each individual voice, and just hearing each individual from all over the world. People that come on your podcast, like we were saying in English, it may not be their first language, or they may not know English at all. And you having the hug community being able to be in languages that are unique to places in the world that may not have a lot of CHD awareness or resources. Right. It, just, it just really helps to open up the CHD community. And so I really want to be part of that. And as we know, CHD affects babies, children, and adults literally all over the world, regardless of mm-hmm. where they are, what their mm-hmm. race is, what the culture is. I think being part of Hearts Connect the Globe and being able to bring my expertise as a nurse and also as a CHD patient will really be able to really help build this community. Oh, absolutely. I think so too. You're such an inspiration to me, Rosalind. And I'm sure everybody who interacts with you personally, when they know that, wait a minute, she's my nurse, but she's been in this bed. She knows what it feels like. Her parents know what it feels like to have a child with a heart defect. That's got to give them so much hope. Yes, definitely. I think I have the unique ability to really relate to my patients and their families. And I definitely remember a lot of my parents when I was Mm -hmm. in the hospital and how they were treated and how they felt. And I try to utilize that into my nursing career as well. Heart to Heart with Anna is a presentation of Hearts Unite the Globe and is part of the Hug Podcast Network. Hearts Unite the Globe is a nonprofit organization devoted to providing resources to the congenital heart defect community to uplift, empower, and enrich the lives of our community members. If you would like access to free resources pertaining to the CHD community, please visit our website at www.congenitalheartdefects.com for information about CHD, the hospitals that treat children with CHD, summer camps for CHD survivors, and much, much more. Well, we are very blessed to have a special group of people with us, our patrons. And some of our patrons donate through Patreon, some donate through PayPal, some donate directly to the organization, Heart Unite the Globe. In this segment, I'd like to hear from our patrons. And I'd like to start by having you share with me why you became a patron and a little bit about your connection to the congenital heart defect community. I'd like to start with you, Laura Redfern. Thank you, Anna. Unlike most of the others on this call, I didn't really have a connection with the community before I met you and (laughs) Alex and Frank and heard your story and just such wonderful friends and people. And of course, Anna, for anyone who's talked to her, is amazing. She's curious. She's inquisitive. She's fearless. She's tireless. And she's so positive. So I was immediately drawn into her world and her mission, even though I didn't have much experience with it at all beforehand. And Anna even introduced me to the concept of a podcast. Do you remember that, Anna? She said, (laughs) I'm doing a podcast. And I was like, 
what is that? (laughs) (laughs) And now you've been on a podcast more than once. I've been on several podcasts now. Yes. And it's wonderful. It's an honor to help to communicate in that way. It really makes the organization a global organization because you can log in anywhere. Like we have on this call, so many people from other areas and learn together and do things for the community that are so much good. It's wonderful. So you asked why I am a patron. That's part of the reason why is the scope of this organization is truly global and very inspiring. Yes. And I've appreciated the fact that you have not only been a patron, but you were a executive board member for a long, long time. And you have also been a guest on Bury But Still Me, formerly known as Heart to Heart with Michael. And so you've been able to share your expertise in the financial world with those of us in the heart community and in the bereaved community. Thank you so much for sharing in so many different ways with us. Thanks for the opportunity. I think that Mother Teresa said, I cannot change the world alone, but I can cast a stone across the waters to create many ripples. And I feel that's what you've done, Anna, is created so many ripples and opportunities for people to participate and help each other in this community. It's just a beautiful thing and an honor to be a part of. Thank you so much for that. I love that quote. That's amazing. And now, Alexander Jaworski. You're the reason I'm doing all of this, love. What would you like to see Heart to Heart with Anna do in its ninth year? I think the show's done a lot of amazing things already. I would think if you can just keep doing more of the same, keep on connecting with people and help with opportunities for people who are less fortunate, who aren't in the countries where it's easy to get good surgeries done and where it's easy to find a supportive community. You can keep reaching out to those people and just, I guess, spread a bit more to the parts of the world that are not as connected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that being able to do some foreign language shows this year, the only foreign language show that I did on Heart to Heart with Anna was an Italian show. But we Mm -hmm. launched a brand new podcast called Guerrero del Corazon. It's entirely in Spanish. So we are blossoming out and reaching out to those What's other that people. something of the heart? And of the Corazon is of the heart. War- warriors of the heart. Warriors of the heart. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. So that is what we're doing. I would love someday for there to be a dedicated Hindi show, for there to be a dedicated Chinese show, a dedicated mm-hmm. Vietnamese show, so that the different communities that aren't proficient in English would still have the support that they need. Yeah. That'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. Yeah, that would be amazing. Thank you, Alex, for being a patron and for being my inspiration for everything that I do. I'm glad I can help with that. I love you. I love you too. So David Richmond, you are one of our newest patrons. Can you tell us what you would like Heart to Heart with Anna or Bereaved But Still Me or Guerrero Still Corazon, any of our programs to do? Well, sure. Thank you, Anna. I am new to all of that you're doing, but I was really touched by it because as I listen to your podcast, I love that you are bringing stories and personalizing what's happening to people more than just the facts and figures and the diagnoses and the types of treatments and resources. You're actually providing just a wonderful forum for people to tell their stories. And as you know, my whole 
drive in life is to inspire people to learn from people's stories so that they can have deeper heart-to-heart discussions, you know, heart-centered and intentional discussions around the emotional side of what people are going through. And you are equipping and empowering people to do that. So I would just like to see you continue to focus on the story part of it so that people are better equipped to have conversations with others who are going through these types of traumas. Oh, I love that. So David Richmond was a guest on Bereaved But Still Me, and he's also an author. Do you want to mention to everybody the name of your book? Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, what I did is I chronicled 15 people's emotional journeys with doctors, patients, loved ones, survivors, caregivers, and we talked only about their emotional journey and their ability or inability to have those heart-centered, really intentional deep meaning grounded conversations about the emotions of the trauma that they were going through or had gone through. So the book is called cycle of lives and it just explores those people's stories in a super in-depth way. And hopefully will put the reader to know how to feel empowered to have these tough conversations with people around them. And that's why your advice for heart to heart with Anna to focus on stories is so apropos. And it's interesting that you should say that because just recently I did a poll on my Facebook page and I asked people what they would like to see. And a lot of people did respond that they wanted to hear more stories, that they love to see the success stories and just personal stories. So that's excellent advice, David. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And thank you for doing all that you're doing. Oh, it is my pleasure. Believe me, working with all these amazing people, it is my mission in life to continue this and hopefully to spread more hope and support and encouragement around the world. Well, Brenda, I would like to end this program with a question and answer from you. I'd like to know what you would like to see Heart to Heart with Anna do. You have been here from the very beginning. You've seen us go through changes where Sometimes we would talk with themes, and then we changed that up. We started with an hour-long show. Now we do a half-hour show, or, well, just however long it takes for us to tell that story that week. What would you like to see us change in our ninth year? I would just say just to continue to grow and share the stories and experiences. Anna, you brought so much to the community to bring more people into HUG and enlighten more people through HUG. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you for everything that you have done, especially keeping the website up to date. Most of you do not know how much work. Poor Brenda, as if it's not bad enough that I have a weekly show that comes on and then we have the monthly Heart to Heart with Michael, now Bereaved But Still Me. And now we have the monthly Guerreros de Corazon. But on top of that, we have one page in particular. It's the congenitalheartdefects.com page. That is this huge, it's a gigantic resource full of all different organizations all across the world who are doing all different kinds of things for the heart community. And we put it up, we put a link to their website. We try to make sure our links are always current. So we periodically go through and test the links. And if I find something that's broken, I'm like, Brenda, you have to fix this. And support Brenda. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's almost a daily thing where we're talking with each other. We have another section of the website that is heartbeat. And that is for news articles, journal articles that we feel are important for the heart community. And Brenda is always adding to that as well. So it's a pleasure, Anna. 
You are amazing. You always keep it fresh and as up to date as we possibly can. And she's a volunteer and she's a heart mom. I just am in awe of everything that you can do, Brenda. Well, the same with you, Anna. You've done so much for this community. And it it just amazes me that you've got so much energy. I wish I had that energy. Well, thank oh, you so you, much. You do. You guys are all amazing. Thank you so much. I am so honored that all of you gave me this time to come and to celebrate. This is a joyful celebration. And it's because of all of these hearts and hands all coming together to make this happen. So thank you, all of you who are here today. Thanks to the guests who have been such a big part of keeping this podcast fresh and alive. And all of you listeners, because without you listeners, there's really no point to doing a podcast. If you have a suggestion or feedback or a comment you'd like to make, please share it on our Heart to Heart with Anna Facebook page, or we even have an Instagram page, so you can share it there. That's it for this week's episode. I've enjoyed being your host today. Please come back next week when we'll have another new episode. And if you enjoyed this episode of Heart to Heart with Anna, why don't you join our Patreon group? Just go to www.patreon.com slash heart to heart. And remember, my friends, you are not alone. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you have been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna, with your host, Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time.